Welcome to Dietitian Table Talks, where I will probably never be sitting at a table. I'm your host, Emily Bogato. I'm a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and online coach. This podcast is about nutrition, fitness, health, and any other topics I feel like talking about. Please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy my podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back for another Wednesday episode with me. I told you I'm going to upload every Wednesday, so here I am. I'm doing the thing. If I ever forget, please call me out on it. (laughs) Um, This episode is going to have two parts probably, so the other half will be next week. Um, I have no idea how long it's going to take, but I feel like I have a lot to say on this topic. Um, So the first episode is probably going to be more about my experiences and my thoughts on alcohol and then more of the like science behind things and super educational stuff is probably going to be in the next episode so uh, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be able to get notified about the next episode as well. Um, So this past weekend I had a bachelorette party with a bunch of my very best friends from high school so we're all super close still um and just like most bachelorette parties there's a lot of alcohol involved (laughs) I don't know if you follow me on Instagram but if you do you probably saw in my story that me and three of my friends went into this store that's like known for having cheaper alcohol and we bought nine cases of Trulies nine Well, some of them were like 24 packs, but if you only counted them as 12 packs, there were nine, which is a lot. Um, A lot of my friends like to drink a lot, and um, I'll get into like my thoughts on drinking and how I go about it later, but um, I definitely still had a really good time. I drank on Saturday, um, but I have a secret that I will give you guys later. Um, so yeah, I know a lot of you probably have been having too many drinks between quarantine happening and letting that just go right through the summer. Um, I know everyone kind of drinks more in the summer when it's nice out, you can go outside, go to the beach, go on a boat, stuff like that, um, having cookouts. So I know a lot of you probably need a reminder that you need to slow down a little bit, (laughs) um, So I just kind of want to start out by having more of a personal episode and just kind of giving you guys a background on my experiences with alcohol and how they have kind of changed throughout the years. So I'll be telling you guys some tea that I don't think I have ever shared on social media before. Um, And I just know that the people who take the time to listen to my podcast are the real ones and they're not going to judge me. (laughs) Um, So I grew up in a very small town way up north in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Um, And drinking there is just like a very normal pastime. There's not a lot to do, to be honest, there. And, you know, a lot of people start drinking when they're younger. And then, like, as they get older, they still kind of drink like they're in college, um, just because that's like a normal thing there. Um, so I started drinking when I was a freshman in high school 
And by the age of 15, I already had an MIP. Yes, I have an MIP. If you don't know what an MIP is, it just means minor in possession. And it means that I was drinking when I was underage and I got caught. Um, So when I tell people that, a lot of times they're shocked because maybe where they're from, it's not very common. But I swear where I'm from, like, there's not a lot of crime. There's not really anything going on. So when people have parties and they're underage, a lot of times they get caught and a lot of times they get MIPs. So I know like Wyatt told me a story about people where he's from and they had a party and they got caught and the cops just say like, hey, you guys got to go home. Um, But that's not the case where I'm from. So um, I feel like just because there's not really any other crime going on, uh, you just get in trouble for more things. So when I was just turning 15, I think I maybe just had turned 15, I got an MIP. I wasn't even like really drunk or anything. I think I blew a .06, which if you are 21 or older, you can actually still drive when you are that level of intoxicated. The um, legal limit, at least in Michigan, is .08. So I was just below that. But like I said, it's like a no tolerance. So, you know, if you have any alcohol in your system, too bad, so sad, you messed up. Um, so after that, for the next couple years of my high school, I was super careful about like if I drank or where I drank, just because obviously I could not get in trouble again. My parents were actually pretty strict and They acted like it was the end of the world when I got an MIP. Like, they literally, my mom told me, like, you're not going to be able to get into a college anymore. Like, you're never going to have a good job. And just kind of made me feel like absolute shit about it. Uh, It didn't end up affecting me at all. But my senior year of high school, I started to get a little risky again. Uh, One of my boyfriends, one of my boyfriends, not like I had more than one, I'm saying, like, my one of my past boyfriends um, had a bonfire out at his house, which was, like, out in the country, you know, no one, are, no one around, and someone texted us saying that they heard that cops were on their way. So, me and some of my best friends, like, anyone who was worried about the cops coming, we kind of were, like, standing over on the side of the house. It was, like, pitch black, dark out. We are standing over on the side of the yard, because if the cops pulled up, we were about to go run into the woods. Um, so with my luck, of course, the cops never pulled up to the house. They actually walked right up through the other person's yard, walked right up to exactly where my group was standing and shined their flashlights in their faces. So the people who didn't care were still sitting over at the bonfire And the people who did care that were worried about the cops coming were standing over right where the cops were. And everyone else kind of was like a deer in the headlights when the the cops shine their lights. And I took off running. I took off sprinting through the woods, like running as fast as I possibly could. A cop was chasing me and I was honestly going to get away until I tripped on my flip-flop and fell down. Um, So yeah, the cop took me back over to my group of friends. All the people who didn't care about that the cops were coming got away because the cops were too busy with the group of people that were standing on the side. 
and I got my second MIP. Yep, got two MIPs while I was in high school. Um, so you can imagine how pissed off my parents were after that. I was the bad child. I was a failure and I basically couldn't do anything for many months after that. Um, all my friends' parents were actually really cool, so they didn't really give a shit. Um, but my parents were strict, so I was in big trouble. So... I ended up still getting into college, despite the fact that I had two MIPs, got into Central Michigan University, and I went from living in a small town where you know everybody, to what I thought was a big town, or a big city. I felt like it was a huge city when I moved there, coming from where I was from. But the people who move there from, like, Detroit and other areas think that it's, like, this little farm town. Um, But to me, it was awesome, like, having that many people your age there and having parties and stuff like that. Um, My first semester of college, I just went absolutely wild. I binge drank all the time. Literally, we would go out on Tuesdays. We'd go out on Thursdays, Fridays, sometimes Saturdays. So we would drink, like, at least at least three days a week, sometimes four. And I don't mean drink like have a drink. I mean drink like get drunk. So I honestly felt like, like looking back, I honestly feel like I was kind of an alcoholic, but I don't really think that I was addicted to the alcohol. I feel like it was more just the partying that I was addicted to um, because I remember when I would have to go home for holidays and stuff, I remember thinking like, damn, like I have to spend time with my family just chilling here when I could be like out partying at Central and I actually like would wish that I didn't have to go home. I remember thinking like, oh my God, this is the best thing in my life. I never want college to end because I know after college ends, it's not going to be acceptable to party like this all the time and get drunk all the time. So I don't want college to ever end. That's literally how I felt about it. So I'm not really sure if I was an alcoholic or if I was just addicted to the partying or the lifestyle or what, but I definitely had a problem, um, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I, I know a lot of people do that all four years of their college. Um, But my second semester, I got into a relationship that was extremely controlling. Um, So that definitely caused me to slow down on my drinking. So it's kind of like a blessing and a curse at the same time, I guess, Um, because I wasn't really allowed to do anything. So because of that, I didn't really go out. I didn't really party. Um, I only did if he wanted to, which wasn't a good time either. So I just really didn't drink that much. Um, I also really got into fitness after that and for the next couple of years. And I mean, I still am obviously, but like hardcore fitness and I competed and stuff like that. So drinking just wasn't really something that I did very often. Um, so my, my sophomore and junior years of college didn't really drink that much. My senior year, after I was done competing, after I was out of that shitty relationship, I kind of partied again, but it was more like moderate. Like maybe once a week, if that. And now, I would consider myself 
pretty boring, pretty tamed. I only drink for like special occasions. Um, I pick and choose which ones are worth it to me. So to me, I'm not really someone who wants to go out to dinner and have have a few drinks with dinner. I am someone who would rather drink less often and only drink for the things where I'm like, okay, I want to have a good ass time. Like I want to go all out, have a great time with my friends. I'm in Vegas or I'm at a super fun bachelorette party, something like that. Um, so I'll pick and choose what's worth it to me. And sometimes I just want to go out with my friends and not drink. And I'm glad that my real friends are cool with that. They know that I can have a damn good time when I'm completely sober. I'm not a shy person. So I know some people kind of need to have some drinks to like be able to talk to people and be social or to dance. Uh, But I don't need alcohol to do any of those things. So I'm glad that I can go out and do like go out with my friends, go out dancing, go out, do whatever and be totally fine without drinking. And I'm happy that most of my friends don't care if I don't drink. But I wanted to let you guys in on a little secret. And that is that nothing good comes out of being wasted when you're going to bed. So, do a favor for your future self. Get drunk. Sober up before bed. So get drunk. Stop drinking. I know this sounds like impossible to some people, but somehow I naturally have just always done this. I'll drink. Once I feel drunk, I just don't drink anymore. And then I sober up. I'm completely sober by the time I go to bed and I wake up feeling like a million bucks. So do your future self a save a favor and stop drinking. There is no point to going bed going to bed drunk. It does not do anything good for you. So, next time you're drinking, set yourself a little alarm. Tell yourself, "Hey, I need to stop drinking at this time. Have a have a little food and go to bed. Drink some water, do your thing, go to bed." And I promise you will thank yourself. Um, But I just wanted to go through a lot of reasons why you should never pressure someone else to drink or push them to drink more because there are a lot of reasons why someone might not want to drink and quite frankly, it's no one's business, but maybe if I tell you guys the reasons why someone might not want to drink, it will stop you from pressuring other people if you're the kind of person that does that. Or just make you realize, like, maybe you think that you're doing a good thing. I mean, I, I know some sometimes people think, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm helping people have fun. I'm pushing them to drink. I'm making them take shots. Like, I'm helping them have fun. And you think that you're doing a good thing. So I don't want you to take this offensively um, if it's you. Otherwise, maybe if it's not you and it's someone else, you should send them this episode. You don't have to tell them why, but send them this episode and be like, this is a really good episode about alcohol. You should definitely listen to it. And then they'll hear this and maybe they will think twice before pressuring someone in the future. So I have, I have seen a lot of people put the pressure on for people to get drunk. And I have also been the person that they pressure 
all the time because I, if anyone's not drinking, it's probably me. Um, and so I have dealt with this so many times that I feel like I can kind of handle it well for the most part, but I know like I have clients who get upset when people are pressuring them or say like they're no fun because they're not drinking and stuff like that. So I figured this would be a good thing to talk about. And the first thing I want to say is that I see people put the pressure on people to drink more all the time, but then they also get pissed when the person is too drunk. So I feel like you just can't win. You know, you're either too sober or you're too drunk. And I think that the pressuring should just be a thing of the past. So the first reason why I think you should never pressure someone to drink is because alcohol is a depressant. It makes a lot of people hate themselves the next day. And you don't want your friends to feel depressed or feel anxious, right? So, you know, maybe they don't want to tell you. Maybe they don't want to tell you that alcohol makes them depressed. Maybe they don't want to tell you that they're taking medications where they can't drink with. Um, So, you're better off just not pressuring them at all. Second reason. Hangovers. Some people, even if they just have a couple drinks, are literally bedridden the next day. Can't do anything. Can't get anything done. And they just feel like shit all day. That's a good enough reason for me. Third reason. Fitness goals. Alcohol has a lot of empty calories. And a lot of times when people drink, they make poor food choices. So... If someone has fitness goals, they can't be binge drinking all the time. Fourth reason, pregnancy or trying to get pregnant. Um, You know, a lot of us are at the age where people are either trying to get pregnant um, or not trying hard enough to not get pregnant, if you know what I mean. So either of those cases might cause them to want to be extremely careful with their drinking just in case they are pregnant or maybe they are trying to and they've been struggling so you pressuring them to drink alcohol doesn't help. Fifth reason, it's straight up not good for you. It literally is just not good for you. It is a toxin that has to be processed through your liver and it increases your risk for cancer. Um, there's a lot of other reasons why it's not good for you, but I think that those are good enough reasons. Sixth reason, drinking is extremely expensive, especially if you're out at a bar or a restaurant. I mean, at least in this area in Detroit, a drink costs at least $8. I mean, a freaking White Claw costs $8 at some places. Um So, I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, say they don't have money to pay for a gym membership, they don't have money for healthy food, but at the same time, they spend a hundred plus dollars a week on alcohol. So, I know that, like, there's a lot of people out there struggling with money, struggling with their finances, and going out and drinking all the time is not helping that. Seventh reason blacking out. I have some friends who really, really struggle with this. They they really struggle to drink without getting to that point where they're blacking out. Um, 
blacking out as a female is extremely dangerous, especially if you're out or with people that you don't know that well. Um, so if you, if your friend is someone who struggles to find that happy medium where they can, you know, drink without getting completely wasted, you probably shouldn't be pressuring them to drink. Reason number eight and the last one that I'm going to say, even though I could probably tell you like 20 other reasons, but the last one I'm going to talk about is addiction. So alcohol addiction or any addiction is not a joke. Um, I guess I didn't realize how serious alcohol addiction was until I knew people who personally had it and until I worked at a hospital where during my internship where I would see people who were going through detox from alcohol. And I don't think a lot of people know how serious it is. And I think that if people knew what it was like or at least knew what some of the symptoms were, it might help them kind of understand. So many addicts, many alcohol addicts cannot just stop drinking. I mean, it sounds so easy like, oh, you're you're drinking too much. Why don't you just stop drinking? Like, why don't you just, you know, drink a alcohol-free drink? The thing is, when someone is seriously addicted, they the symptoms from like not drinking are so severe that they have to go to the hospital. So when people come in to the hospital to detox, if they didn't do that, sometimes they could literally die. Um, some possible symptoms when you're detoxing could be tremors, hallucinations, seizures, puking, nausea, um, severe anxiety, and sometimes it's just so serious that they have to come into the hospital to get medical support or they would literally die. So it's not as easy as just like, oh, like stop drinking. Like you really should just stop drinking. Um, they actually have withdrawal symptoms. Um, addiction can happen super quickly or it can happen over a long period of time. And if you are someone who has a family member who struggles with addiction, especially alcohol addiction, you are more at risk for it. And if you are someone who struggles with any kind of like mental health issue like depression or anxiety, you are at higher risk for it as well. So it's just something to keep in mind, something to keep in mind when you're pressuring your friends. Um, you would never want to pressure someone who is already struggling with that um, or pressure someone who is at more risk for it. If you think that you are experiencing issues with addiction, please get help now. Don't wait. Don't feel shame in getting help. I'll put a link in the bio just to kind of give you somewhere to get some direction. Uh, but I just wanted to throw that in there. If you feel like you're struggling with these things, please get help. So now let's get into the topic of tracking alcohol, fitting alcohol into your life while still reaching fitness goals, that kind of stuff. So alcohol actually is a macronutrient. It has seven calories per gram where carbs have like four calories per gram, um, protein has four calories per gram, and fat has nine calories per gram. So it's kind of in between there. And um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but seltzers like White Claw and Truly and those kind of drinks, they kind of trick a lot of people with the nutrition facts. So I actually had a client who messaged me 
um, and brought this up to me. And I didn't realize that she didn't know how to track alcohol because that's something I usually explain to clients if they're someone who drinks. Um, but she thought that when you tracked seltzers, you only had to track them as like the two or three grams of carbs that they say. But while they might only have two to three grams of carbs, you have to account for the total calories because the other the other calories are coming from alcohol, but it's just not something that's on a nutrition label. They don't put alcohol grams on a nutrition label. So when you are drinking White Claws, you can't be throwing them back all day and thinking that they aren't affecting you. So the label, I feel like even though they're not lying, it is pretty misleading And especially for someone who's tracking their macros, because of course they just look at the nutrition label, they look at the macros and they're like, oh, I'm good. Like I can fit so many white claws into my macros. They only are like three grams of carbs. That's nothing. Um, So when you're tracking alcohol, alcohol, no matter what the drink is, you have to account for the total calories. So uh, a white claw, if it's only three grams of carbs, that would be 12 calories. Three times four is 12 calories. A white claw has 100 calories. So obviously that's a huge difference. 12 to 100. Um, Especially if you're having multiple, that would be a huge difference. So you have to take the total calories and there's a couple different ways that you could do this. So if you want to do the math, you can take the total calories and either divide it by four to put towards your carbs Or you can divide it by 9 to put towards your fats. The reason you divide by those numbers is because that's how many calories in a gram of carb and that's how many calories in a gram of fat. So either divide by 4 or divide by 9 and that's how many you would put. An easier way that I recently just saw my friend Kara um, do it on Instagram. So if you want to put it towards your carbs, you track it as 100 calories worth of honey because that's a pure carb source. If you want to track it as fats, track it as 100 calories of olive oil. If you want to split it between carbs and fats, you could do 50 calories and 50 calories of each. Uh, I find or I feel like that way is so much easier than actually doing the math and then having to enter it. You can just do it as one of those foods, honey or olive oil. And I wish I would have known that earlier because that is so much more easy to explain than trying to tell everyone like, oh yeah, just divide by this and put this in there. And um, I feel like that just confuses a lot of people even more. So uh, yeah, account for the total calories. So you'll have to know how many calories are in your drinks. Um, Even if it's pure vodka, you still have to do the same thing. Look up a shot of vodka, see how many calories it is, and then put in either honey or olive oil for that many calories. They are not free calories. They still count. Um, They don't metabolize the exact same as a carb or fat, but at least you are accounting for the calories because if you're trying to lose weight and you're getting a bunch of calories from alcohol and going over your um, calories that you need to be in a deficit, you're not going to lose weight. So what's the difference in the way that you metabolize alcohol? When you eat a meal that has protein, carbs, and fats in it, the carbs actually metabolize first 
and the fats are kind of stored for later. But when you drink alcohol, that takes the priority. It's a toxin and your body wants to metabolize it and get it out ASAP. So when you're eating and you're drinking alcohol, the other things kind of take a backseat. Your body does not oxidize them until later because its main goal is to get the alcohol metabolized and out of your body. Um, So they're kind of just stored for later and... If you are eating more calories and drinking more calories in a day that you're burning, you're going to be storing them as fat. Um, Studies show that even small amounts of alcohol have an effect on your fat metabolism. So even if you're just having a drink or two with dinner, it does have an effect on that. Another issue that people have while drinking is that they kind of let their food choices... uh, go out the window. So they might eat healthy all week and then they get drunk on a Friday night and they order pizza and a burger and fries and swing through the Taco Bell drive-thru, you know, eat everything in their kitchen. So it kind of just impairs your judgment and it puts a lot of people into that fuck it mentality when they're just like, oh, well, I'm fucked up right now, so I'm going to eat whatever I want. It'll make me feel better. (laughs) So... If you are someone who has fitness goals, you are going to have to kind of watch that you're not, you know, you're already doing the drinking, so you can't be doing the eating, drunk eating too, because somewhere has got to give if you're going to still want to reach your fitness goal. You can't have it all. Um, So I would say if you are going to drink, you have to be very conscious of your food choices. Let's be real. No one, you know, no one wants to eat like a freaking salad when they're drunk. <laughs> it reminds me of a time that um, it was a game day at Central and Wyatt and I, we had just started dating recently and I had a gift card per, for Panera, which was right by where the um, football field was. So me and him, we walk over there, we're drunk, we order food and I'm like, oh, well, like, I'm trying to be healthy, so I'm going to get a salad. And I got a salad, and then he got, I don't remember if he got a bread bowl or sandwich and then a chocolate chip cookie. And I literally took, like, two bites of my salad, and I was like, fuck this. Like, this is no good. <laughs> and I ended up eating his food. So, yeah, no one when they're drunk wants a freaking salad. I get it. But... If you have fitness goals, you can't be getting super drunk, drinking tons of beer, and then eating a whole pizza and a tub of ice cream, and then raiding your cupboards when you get home. You know, something's got to give. One myth that we need to talk about as well. How many times have you heard people say, or have even said yourself that a greasy meal will cure your hangover. I have heard it hundreds of times. I used to believe it. I don't know why, just because I, you know, you hear it all the time. You just believe it. You don't ever look into it. And I'm sorry to tell you, but it is not true. Not true at all. In fact, it's probably going to make things feel worse for you in the end. Um, Greasy food does not absorb alcohol like the myth says. 
and you would be so much better off just getting a meal that has a lot of nutrients in it. Um, So if you aren't feeling too hot, the best things that you could eat are foods that are high in electrolytes, high in antioxidants, B12, uh, some easy to digest carbohydrates. Those would be much better options than a meal that is just loaded with fats. So some examples of things that you could eat would be like toast, fruit, that would be really hydrating and have a lot of potassium to help get some electrolytes in, Um, veggies, eggs, oatmeal, lots of fluids, Gatorade Zero for some electrolytes, coconut water for electrolytes, and probably add some salt to your food because if you were drinking, it's probably going to be dehydrated and some adding some salt will help you kind of retain that water. And also, fun fact, if you take Balance by Alani Nutrition, make sure to not skip it on mornings that you're hungover because it has some strong antioxidants in it that can definitely help with hangovers. Um, eating a greasy meal will probably just add to the stomach issues and add in some digestion issues. I'm definitely not telling you that... You should miss out on the morning after brunch with your friends or anything like that. Like, I know that's part of the fun for sure. But don't feel like when you wake up with a hangover that you need to run to the McDonald's drive-thru. Because I promise you, you do not. Um, And also, one other thing to add is that if you struggle with acid reflux, try to avoid super acidic things like orange juice or tomato juice or anything with like a tomato sauce because that will probably make that acid reflux worse um and also if you know me you know I've been saying the truly lemonades are my favorite they taste so good but I have definitely come to realize that they give me acid reflux if I drink more than a a couple of them so keep that in mind. I was definitely hurting the night of my friend's bachelorette party and I didn't have any Tums or anything with me. So, and I'm not even someone who really struggles with acid reflux. I only get it if I drink the Truly Lemonades or if I eat pizza late at night and then lay down and go to bed. That's the only times I've literally ever gotten it. So if you are someone who struggles with it often, I would probably avoid the Truly Lemonades. Uh, But that is it for this episode. Next episode, I'm going to be talking about um, some other educational stuff about alcohol, the effects it has on your sleep, um, my go-to alcohol choices, and much more. So make sure to stay tuned. Please give me a rating, subscribe if you're not, and if you listened, please let me know on Instagram or screenshot this and post it to your story.